Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. It's my mate Bottle Toaster. Hello, welcome back. Tom Price here, sitting in the hottest room in the world, uh, unless that record is beaten by my guest today, Alexis Jubas. Alexis, how hot is your room right now? It's pretty aerated, thanks. I'm Ooh. in my lounge and I've, I'm right by a door and my router. If you just want to picture where I am, on, mm-hmm. on a desk, router to the <laughs> left of me. <laughs> Open door to the right. <laughs> here I am. You are definitely stuck. You are stuck. I've pinned yeah. you down um, with I- the, <laughs> the power of your password and also a one-time password as well that's that's how much um that's how much security you've got getting into your amazon account today mate i've had to i know in, you you yeah. really do inspire a lot of trust don't you in the in the guests that you get on it says something about you i think uh, yeah guests trust me alexis which is yeah, yeah. Uh, which is unwise to be honest because mm. um i will well i'm, I'm basically going to use all of your uh, most embarrassing purchases to my uh, career gain so do you know what i mean well, thank you it's well, yeah. I mean, you. It's. I'm, I'm curious to see how my algorithms start going after this. I, I, I um, met my mate Dan down the pub, and I just. I, I have a little two year old, which will probably get mentioned in this podcast. Yeah. But when I, I, I just, um, uh, uh, when we just had him, I, I sort of went out for that first tentative, bleary eyed, uh, pub visit. Yeah. Uh, with my mate Dan, just to sort of, as, as you did with me, actually. I, st- I still remember that of just you looking haggard. Did we do that? I don't. I you don't know, remember. You Alexis. don't even remember it. No, That's amazing. We went no. and had a pint, and you just sat down and went, "It is awful." <laughs> You look like shit. It is, it is awful, especially if you yeah, are. Yeah, the first you, bit is. The first bit is, but also I'm a very lazy man, and so it was a real shock to me to discover right. that that I, I couldn't be entitled and just sort of float my way through life anymore. I had to, I was responsible for stuff. It was a hell of a shock. Yeah, that stuck with me in those sort of three four a.m. moments where I'm just lying there. Well, I can't do anything. All he wants is mummy, and I'm just lying there trying to get back to sleep and failing, and just trying, but having to be there to help her. And I just all yeah. those three words stuck in my head. It is awful. <laughs> <laughs> and um but my point being sorry i've digressed already but i went to meet dan and, and um we were just t- talking shit and I, I had the sort of you know the, the sort of complete sleep deprived mentality and we were just it was lovely to just have a pint and talk bollocks with someone and, and he said uh i think we, we we started talking about whether you could get uh man boobs whether you could buy man lactating man tits for, oh, yeah. father, for fathers that want to give that little bit extra yeah. to a kid, yeah. And so Dan looked it up on um, on Amazon and has <laughs> be, has been getting some really fucking weird recommendations ever since. <laughs> Great. So this is your way of blaming the weird algorithms on your mate Dan. Basically. Well, you'll notice I've never I've never bought. Oh, so you didn't do that. Dating man tits. Right, okay. No, I let Dan do it. No, and he's, he's, he's he's getting really odd. Things. I see, Dan. If you're listening, right, always suggested. clear the cookies, mate. You've got the cookies. <laughs> I mean, that is the next level, isn't it? Of my mate bought a toaster. Is is we start to rifle through your cookies on your computer? Oh, oh no! Oh, 
Oh, that would be good. That's for Patreon again, isn't it? I'll do that another time. I reckon. Well, actually, you're sort of, I'm, as you'll see, I'm not a huge Amazon purchaser. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of more of an eBay guy. You are, you are barking up the wrong uh, online retailer. Oh, there's plenty here, Alexa. Uh, Alexa. Fine. Alexa? <laughs> Alexa, yeah, go full Amazon. <laughs> are, you, are you on a commission? Oh, my God. All right, then, Echo. There's my Alexa in the background. <laughs> Please tell me. That must happen in your house every day. Or add trash bags to my cart. <laughs> when listening to music, you can say, by this song. All right, Alexa, stop. There we go. Live, Alexa. I think you have to change. You should change your name to Echo, surely. Yeah, really. I should. What, oh, so I'm the one that has to yeah, change. Yeah. yeah. Don't you, um, don't you, don't <laughs> oh, you, we have a lot of fun with that. Don't you trigger her every single day? Uh, not every day, but most days. It's quite, yeah, I'm, I'm as surprised as you that we haven't changed it. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it needs to be done. Um, all right then, so um, Amazon Jubus is here today, uh, and we have got all of your um, purchases. <laughs> That's my porn star name. <laughs> Amazon Jubus, fixing the dishwasher. Um, 2001, that was your first order, Alexis. Um, 29th of September, 2001. So obviously September well. 2001, uh, a memorable month, and you bought Lost in the Funhouse, The Life and Mind of Andy Kaufman, which yeah. I've got as well. In fact, maybe I've got your copy but i've absolutely got this book i want a genuinely I've, i don't have that anymore <laughs> i lent it to i think that is my bloody copy <laughs> give it back I, i've got this i'm looking at the picture and i'm like yeah i completely recognize this is on my shelf you just because i don't remember I buying it's my copy mm. right there you go well there's there's where it was bought there you go that's the, <laughs> the yeah. book you're currently looking at on your shelf so that's i should really origin. talk about this book rather than you i mean i've not i never read it done the classic thing of having yeah. the book uh, to try and improve myself um but andy kaufman obviously big important um comedian in the canon isn't he mm, for weirdos yeah for, for 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 people um i mean yeah it's have you seen the documentary have you seen jim and andy no i've not seen jim and andy i've seen man on the moon Oh, lovely yeah. where which is but the the documentary if i'm the documentary is about jim carrey struggling to keep hold of his marbles whilst playing andy During- kaufman Man on the Moon, yeah, and it's really divisive, and I, I still don't know what I think about it entirely. It's like he goes, he goes full method, he goes, uh, you know, full Andy, and he becomes him, and, and to the extent where he's just being a dick, really? which is obviously very watchable. But you sort of there's the moment where he kind of spits at the um, uh, the the wrestler guy. What's his name? Um, oh. I've, got, I've got to think of the song now, Mister Fred Blessy. Oh, there you go, Mister Fred Blessy. There we go. Thank Come you, REM. Wrestling. Yeah, that's all right. Um, uh, oh, the Great Beyond is my favourite REM song as well. Oh, do you know what? Let's just play a little. Just, let's, let's just play a little bit of the Great Beyond. Here yes. That was that's nice. I'm tossing I've, out punchlines that were never there. It's a great line. I've had a real uh, REM resurgence recently. I don't know if it's something to do with my '90s hankering. Uh, and Maybe. we talked about this with Matt Ford a few weeks ago. We just we just are clawing our way back to the '90s, like Andy Kaufman um, clawing his way to the edge of sanity. I'm just trying to find my way back to the '90s somehow. Well, I'm going to recommend something else as well, which um, oh, you won't find on my Amazon purchases because I bought it from the man himself at a talk. Um, it, uh, uh, don't look back in anger, but it's. Um, a cracking book it's basically um interviews with i think it's about like 30 or 40 different people from the from the Britpop era mm. um it's by daniel rachel who was in a band himself in the 90s and it's just it's it, yeah it's just cutting together lots of interviews he's had with with like um uh alan uh, ah, uh oasis manager oh 
what uh, no idea mate absolutely my you know we are two uh, parents here with our recall ruined by late nights <laughs> i tried to relive early the mornings. it's just pointless alan mcgee alan mcgee uh, and uh, but tony blair's interviewed in there oh um, really got, um, Alice, alistair campbell uh, um yeah like various um people who were in who were involved in loaded magazine people who were involved in uh, working with chris evans and, and and you know loads of like all the it all comes back incredibly and it's and it's really fascinating just hearing it through through different people's uh, perspectives yeah yeah it's like a really good book it's um it's it's amazing how i just remember my parents going on about the 60s and thinking whatever and now here i am doing it with the 90s which is rather a disappointing version of the 60s let's be honest but there you are um all yeah. right so that is our home decade uh alexis and we will discover that more as we go on through your amazon history um so lost in the finance the life and uh, mind of andy kaufman a, a comedic a, a troubled comedic genius but someone who is inspiring to you no doubt because of course in 2001 um where were you comedy wise where were you in your life i mean we should sort of say cards on the table we were we were good mates at uni i'd left uni at this point had you were you out in the world in september 2001 or were you still at warwick i'm well i'm, I'm kind of surprised that that was when i bought it i don't th- i don't think it was that long ago was it maybe it was but well it obviously was i'm not calling amazon a liar um <laughs> obviously alexa's listening i wouldn't i wouldn't dare uh, but uh yeah so um 2001 i was just was it september i'd have yeah. just left uni I'd have, I'd have just i stayed on for a year yeah we we did sketch comedy together yeah uh and edinburgh festival together and then 2001 i would i was coming i had just finished my sabbatical i was doing a sabbatical year as a um the communications officer of the yeah. students union <laughs> i remember yeah. you had an office and i was very impressed i think i, I used to use office. your computer for my hotmail account Absolutely. yeah you did <laughs> i had an office it was oh, and that was the last office it. you ever had when you were about 21 years old yep unless you count my little desk here in the corner of our kitchen um <laughs> which i do next to the router all right so alexis uh, 2001 then you are leaving uni and you are out in the world and your amazon purchase history dies for several years 2002 nothing three nothing four nothing <laughs> uh yeah yeah it goes dead really? quiet and then begins yeah discovered ebay there you go well there you are and but then begins a series of there's lots of music in the early years of of the millennium things like uh josh rouse i've never ever listened to josh rouse any any recommendation oh, there yeah definitely a very very well knowing your indie sensibilities in mm. the first few albums were definitely very sort of smiths influenced i would say it's oh, do you smiths like smiths Ale- alexis i didn't know that you know, <laughs> smiths Shut is that up. something we've got in common uh yeah we um because you and i are both massive morrissey and smiths fans i mean we'll get on to that later on uh, oh, how yeah. you've got weird weirdly you've got even more keen on morrissey since he's become a racist but we'll we'll get to that alexis don't <laughs> get to, we'll get to that after right, we're definitely not getting to this now are we you're just going <laughs> to leave that there and that yeah, is not, yeah, 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 yeah. not true oh we've run out of time <laughs> <laughs> come back on another time to defend the racist Morrissey um, so uh, so Josh okay good Josh Rouse I've never listened to Josh Rouse uh, the, the Good Starter album is 1972 or no no actually um, Nashville well you bought um, 1972 in 2005 I mean do do with that what you will 4th of March 2005 is when you bought there 1972 you beautiful um, summer album actually yes yeah, good 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 summer album that that's, uh, that's a good one to start with yeah I um, well I you say a lot of purchases. I, I only like compared to what my CD collection then became. Yeah, it, there was nothing at all because I still at that age and still do to some extent uh, love a, a record shop. Yes, I know. I, you know, yes. I tried to. I, I I felt. I always felt. I think in back in those days, I felt almost slightly guilty buying CDs online. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, I think 1972 I got online because you couldn't get, I couldn't find it in any in an UK record shops. And I thought Nashville, I first heard in um, uh, Fop Records. I remember it really well. It was in Fop Records Fop. In, in London. 
oh we've got to, i'm gonna to go to fop these are the shops that i fully intend to go and just throw mm. cash at almost in yes. a charitable way there's loads of cds and things i can i've got on my spotify but I, I don't know i need to go into fop and spend some money in there because if shops like that go i don't see the point in life is that over the top no. to say that quite quite agree mm. i sort of i i went when i had the um, uh, ronnie when i had uh, when we had our little kid i went to i had to go and flog a load of uh uh limited edition uh special edition cds that's sort of just to make some space and it was like and these were all quite dear to me and i, I didn't gonna say to make some them. money then for a second like, well oh God, you mate. say that I, I you can get so little money for these now i probably could have made more money on ebay but i went and took them to sister ray records on berwick street and just yeah. kind of and like got nowhere near as much as i paid for them but it was like there you go i know you, you'll do all right out of this probably you'll find there's some really niche stuff in there that people will really kind of rifle through and get so it's kind of that was my way of giving back I those guess, shops must just be stores. those shops must be full of slightly sad looking men in maybe their 30s or 40s trudging in with a <laughs> in box my, in my case 40s yeah. yeah 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 we're just like with baby puke stains on their shoulder know, yeah. and, a, and a load of indie records i think i, I can't have these anymore <laughs> oh, no. oh the records no the records stay oh the oh, cds I, went i see okay the records stay yeah, he's re- he loves a record. Like this is the thing I've introduced him to records, and he makes me play records now. It's lovely because he loves the the, the motion of it and yes. just the, and the needle on the. It's great. I've got a record player in the loft, and I can't I, touch him. I think I that's MC Hammer, mate. I think I need to <laughs> get the record player out of the loft and actually get get yeah. get the kids into it because they are so used to just walking up to uh, a well known smart device and saying, uh, "Alexis, play," you know, Justin Bieber <laughs> or whatever. And I think to show them an album, I think it's time that education happened. Um. Listen, 2006, this is a good year for us to talk about because uh, you've bought um, lots of interesting things. The Gilmots, God, you bought this limited edition um, enhanced CD, right, 2006, for 15 quid. Oh, God, did I? <laughs> well, I think Sister Ray took that off me for about two quid. Oh, God. <laughs> that. Um, um, love the Gilmots, though. Brilliant, brilliant, yeah. brilliant band. I think, yeah, I think you might Really underrated. Them. Yes, yes. Should we hear a bit of the Gilmots? Should we listen to a bit of a Gilmot song? We're here. How about we're here? Here you go, here you go. good man we like them we like them um so that's the gilmots there and also uh you've bought uh pulp the complete peel sessions brilliant these are all ticking so many of my boxes and then a band and i should say for you you know we've had loads of comedians on this podcast alexis you're not the first person to like say part special well no or morrissey or whatever but you this is the first time we have got gene uh the john peel sessions for 899 first time one of my favorite bands of all time and now uh, if you will, ladies and gentlemen, indulge me in talking about Gene. I just, I just really like them. Just think they're great. They're just, great. Just loved Gene. Yeah, so good. Mike Rossiter. He was, he's yeah, wonderful man. What is it about Gene? Why do you? Why did you? Why do you love this band? Um, oh God, it's just full on indie angst, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it, isn't it? It's like full. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, it was, <laughs> and and also he's not turned out to be a knob. So that's good. Yeah. That helps, doesn't it? Because he was sort of, I think they were always um, kind of, they were, yeah, they were unfairly dismissed as being a bit Smith's light, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they were. They were. And it, that comparison was, they even, even to the point where he was called, uh, Martin Rossiter was called the Ros, the Rosa, Ros. The like, Ros, yeah. yeah, that's right. Morris yeah. was Mars. Um, Ros father. Um, uh, and, and, um, but like some of the, some of those old tracks, some of the, um, what was the album I bought? The Appeal Sessions. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lovely version of London Can You Wait on that. 
which is just a beautiful track. But I mean, it's like all the nineties, again, going back to that book, you sort of, to, to don't look back in anger, you just go, Oh God, there was some good stuff going on there. If you ignore sort of all the, the Britpop wars. So if you can remember that when it was Blur versus Oasis with probably both of their worst singles. Yes. Yes. Just some of the, like some of the great, um, indie records that you got, even from those sort of one hit wonders that you'd get, just some really great ones that came out. Do you remember, um, oh, was Echo Belly? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, Manson. Oh, Manson, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Loved yeah. I Manson. Just, there, there that, was, it's true. There was a whole, um, there was an in a proper indie side to, to Britpop. I loved a band called Jack. I oh, remember I was obsessed with Jack. Yeah. Yeah. Jack were great. The, what was it called? The something age. Uh, the jazz uh, age. Jazz Jazz Age, Age. on on YouTube go and have a look at it so it's interesting though isn't it and and how um, you kind of look back at this music and you think "Uh, I'm not going to like it as much and I'm going to realise it was just special at the time and other people will hear it and think it's crap and I am just blinded by how much it imprinted on me at what was a pretty difficult time when I was a teenager and that sort of age and just this music was just what made everything okay it was what cured me yeah yeah do you remember Ultrasound yeah because I don't remember any of their songs except I'll Show You Mine which was lovely and I remember buying that single i used to at uni they basically had a little um uh in our uh students union in the sort of marketplace bit there was a genuine marketplace there wasn't there every day and you could go and they had like a cd stall that would uh, that would come there every i think it's like every tuesday yeah posters and cds get your posters Posters and cds CDs. i'm going mad rifling through all the cd singles there and and ultrasound yeah i love that one mainly because it was a great song i'll show you mine um and i think it was a four track cd and i remember (laughs) the fourth track it had like the two B-sides on and then the fourth track was I'll Show You Mine brackets pointless version which was exactly the same as track one. <laughs> Mwah. They just <laughs> they just had so we, need a, we need a fourth track or oh, just put yeah. one on again. <laughs> just the audacity. That is good. That's good. Um, yeah, so so in the indie angst it's, it kind of it was a perfect time. I was I was, you know, fresher at uni and was was going through lots of indie angst and was quite, kind of I was always an indie kid as a teenager as well. And so it, it just bloomed at that at that time with some brilliant bands. Yeah, Manson, I remember them playing the Students Union. Absolutely superb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and it's interesting yeah. you know, that, to see that here we are in 2006 and that lives on. You still keep buying the stuff. Because I, I guess 2006... I, I, bought, I bought the green vinyl of Six by Manson oh. about two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> not gone anywhere. Not it's, gone anywhere. No, not at all. But it does, it had that passion. It had that sort of um, untamed uh, youthful passion about it, didn't it? And overly dramatic, of course, but, but that's yeah. what music should be. Yeah, yeah. It was... Um, it was it was somehow yeah the the melodrama of the whole thing was almost like um it was the next step for bands like Spandau Ballet almost in the sense not musically but in terms no. of the self importance and the pomposity of, course, of it yeah yeah it was, it was fantastic oh I bought so many embarrassing things pink CDs and a toddler that's it all right let's head over now to uh 2008 so oh, this is a good one swearing a social history of foul language oaths and profanity in english i mean you're a wordsmith alexis um so so is this good is this helping you with the, the poetry of finding the right swear word well i tell you this did help me with my first ever edinburgh show which was about the history of swearing so that's you'll see a lot oh, of sweary purchases I see. yeah you'll see a lot of sweary books around that time Okay, okay. Uh, let's have a look at the reviews of this. Um, Blasphemy from Beowulf to the BBC. Um, a delightful, accessible and thorough examination of the subject. Highly educational. Amaze your friends with archaic obscenities. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember, the, I, I think the acronym of that title almost spells shit flop. 
which I which enjoyed which I enjoyed a lot. <laughs> Swearing, a social history of Frau. Anyway, but um, I mean, or, or should we flat. write a review on your behalf? Do you think? Do you want to do you want to jump in and what write does a review? that shit? I oh, write a review. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was a, that was that was a seminal text for that Fine. show. So, okay, so add a headline: seminal. Oh, are you doing this for me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice Rude. one. Seminal uh, text. A, sem- a seminal text for um, potty mouths. Yeah, hang on. Uh, I didn't know this was part of it. I didn't as know, a potty um, mouth, this is basically my fucking Bible. Yeah? I mean, you're paraphrasing, but sure. <laughs> 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 Paraphrasing beautifully. Uh, thanks. Um, sure. Uh, what year did you? What was your Edinburgh show called? Which which you did off the back of this? Uh, it was called a ruddy brief history of swearing, nice. and um, it was so seminal text. And my it was kind of a seminal moment for me. It was my, my first having having sort of gone up to Edinburgh with with you and yeah. our ilk as little oiky students um, doing our thing, doing our sort of remarkably well received yeah. profane sketch show. The surprise of the surprise of taking Uber Sausages, which is a show we did in Edinburgh from what 1999, 1999. and just we took absolute um, lowest common denominator smut and filth and stupidity, and people liked it. And that was what was that was what was so pleasing about Edinburgh was finding um, people like yourself who had a similar approach, <laughs> finding our sweary people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was after years of doing that and just watching in awe. I remember like that year, 99 was the, was the first year we did it. I remember sort of going up and just seeing Simon Munnery and Adam mm. Bloom and uh, Phil Kay and Stuart Lee and and, and, and um, like uh, just all these incredible uh, performers and just been, had my mind blown and, and not ever seeing that, like, like holding that aloft as, as, as the dream, but never really kind of expecting to be doing not well no I don't think I ever did and then so it took me that long it was 2008 that I finally felt ready to actually do a solo effort I can't believe it's as late as that in 2008 what size venue were you playing when you did that swearing show the first swearing show was done in it's now called the Nickel Edwards down Nidri Street and it used to be called oh no no other way around it was called Nickel Edwards and it's now called the Banshee Labyrinth and it was it's it's I think it's one of those ones that claims to be the most haunted pub. Oh yes, along yes. with millions of others. Yes, and it's uh, it was dank and dirty. They've done it up a bit now, and but when I was doing it, it was in it was called the banqueting room. I think it was called. It was right at the back, and it was this dank, dripping cave at the back <laughs> of the pub. And people, I would occasionally see people just raise an elbow, just like to have a little stretch, and just like oh, slime <laughs> coming off the wall on their elbow. But that sort of helps, and, uh, right? Because if you entertain people and make them laugh when they're suffering physically like that, you are, you know what I mean? It's almost something else for you to overcome as the performer. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was 6pm there, just off the Royal Mile in Edinburgh, and it was about swearing. It was the easiest sell in the world. Oh, so I, I was just, I was packing that 40-seater <laughs> every yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> so that was 2008, was it? 2008, yeah. Okay, okay. Because then 2009, later on in the year, you buy, there's a few things, um, censored what they didn't allow you to see and why, the story of film censorship um, in Britain. Um, and then there's a few other bits like that. Nudity, a cultural anatomy. Are you researching well, for another show or are you just a very intellectual yeah, that, perverse? No, that, oh yeah, no, pervert. Uh, that's uh, both, can't it be both? The uh, lead up to, um, uh, that leads quite wonderfully to my... Um, 
Uh, next show. There we go. Mm. What a segue. That there was, uh, yeah, that, that's, it was the, uh, a surprisingly tasteful show about nudity. Ah. Which was, well, I, I did the, I did the swearing show again in 2009 on the, on the good old five pound fringe down yes. in the Tron. Right. And then the following year I did, oh, because basically I, I was very lucky. I sort of got someone from Adelaide Fringe came to see, uh, the swearing show and said, oh, mate, you should come out and do our little festival. <laughs> <laughs> really was he i mean was, was he looking after uh wild animals at the time and wearing <laughs> yeah. court that's what yeah, i put a thumb up my ass that's who it i'm getting from wrestled that voice. me to the ground <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was, I thought it was overly friendly and, but uh you know that's, that's what that was a greeting um and uh yeah so uh, anyway long story short i ended up touring this show all over i ended up uh, playing all over australia and new zealand and uh, uh europe and just took this show this show just just took on life of its own, and and I and it, it obviously it grew and grew and grew. It became a touring show mainly because like I, I then had a ninety minute show from all the swear words people had given me in other languages. <laughs> that section became enormous. It's fantastic. So it really it's it was it was amazing. And again, I never expected to have that that sort of level of su- success with it from my first show. I suppose you could argue I'd been building up. I'd been doing my circuit stuff for quite a few years. Yeah. You've been honing your skills. Yeah, I purposely didn't want to kind of do that in Edinburgh. I didn't want to go, oh, here's all my gags that I've been doing, mainly because I was bored of them, but also just because I thought, you've got to step it up in Edinburgh, you've got to do something else. Yeah. And and that was something that really appealed to me, like the, the swearing element. And anyway, so that that then toured around the world for like a year and a half, really. And then It's I, just insane. Hang on a second. Insane, isn't I mean, it? You, you went to Edinburgh, your first Edinburgh in 2008, and then yeah. off the back of that, oh, mate, can I just... <laughs> Just put that up there, and then uh, <laughs> do you want to go around the world with your show? I mean, it's just that's the, that's actually the dream, Alex. Well, it wasn't anyone. Well, you say that it wasn't anyone producing it. I sort of had to do it all myself, so it was all quite a big risk. I had to um, just hope that people would come. But again, it's like it's 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 swearing. It sells all over the world. It was it was a remarkably canny move on my part. That is, you are a fucking genius, and also <laughs> a takes to know a. Yeah. <laughs> Aussie phrase goes. Actually, no, my favourite Aussie phrase is, well, we're not here to fuck spiders, mate. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go to the pub? Yeah, we're not here. Do you want a, do you want a beer? Yeah, we're not here to fuck spiders. <laughs> Get yourself some gas and air and breathe deeply. We're talking on the phone while he had his arm inside my vagina. In my head... I was saying, could you go and see if the anaesthetist is free? And what I was actually saying out loud was, help me. CD player doesn't work. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm a fucking CD player. Where's my playlist? That's one torn every minute with me, Beth Murray. Available now from Great Big Owl. Help me. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's my mate Bottle Toaster. I'm talking this week to comedian Alexis Jubas. So, um, 2008, great year for you. Let's go into 2009. Okay, you've done, you've had an amazing time at Edinburgh in 2008. Your show has gone around the world, which is ludicrous. I mean, you, you know, you're talented, Alexis, but you're not that good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the swearing that sold it. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, you are brilliant. That's not a surprise to me at all, nor was it a surprise to me. Um, and then, I love this, January 2009, you bought How Proust Can Change Your Life by Alain Dubotton. Now, I... Oh, right. God. Now, let me just... I, I really like this. I think I might have read this years ago. And there's something I remember from it, which is the sort of entry-level Proust, which is mm. the thing about swallowing a toad. Do you know that thing? Well, I know that from that book. I've never read Proust. No. <laughs> so that was my way of like pretending that I had by yes. buying that book. This is right, exactly. This is your and York a notes for that. to Proust. This is my, yeah, and there's a reason for that because of what happened in 2009. Well, okay. Well, so hang on. So go on. Well, you can probably guess from the Proust reference and what I do, what, what most of my career now entails... Mm. Oh yes. So okay. Uh, right. So so Proust being a French was he misanthropic? He was certainly very grumpy and grump grizzly, wasn't he? Or was he not? Yeah, he was pretty. Yeah, he was quite misanthropic. He was he was quite world weary, and he lived with his mum, and he was had plenty of ailments, and he mm-hmm. was kind of yes, he was mm-hmm. he was a yeah a unique a unique character, and and yet weirdly uplifting. Funny how a grizzly mm. French character can please an audience, and we'll get onto that in a second. But he had this thing about swallowing a toad. You cannot be happy every day. Uh, sorry, you cannot be happy um, until you've swallowed a toad every day, which of course means you have to do something a bit shit that you don't want to do. Mm. Right, go for a run, talk to your kids, um, eat something healthy, whatever it is. You can't be happy until you've swallowed that toad, and then it's so true. For the rest of the day, you feel purged and happy. It's an incredible rule to live your life by. Yeah, he was actually, like you say, a remarkably positive man in many ways. The way yes. that he looked at the world, miserabilism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and also uh, becoming in two thousand nine, we've got Serge Gainsbourg, a fistful of gitan. Yeah, um, full so, French in 2009 for reasons that we are about to become quite obvious. The Discovery of France by Graham Robb. It's good to see your <laughs> Amazon purchase history really is a direct link to uh, what you're doing with your comedy career, which is, in 2009, giving birth to... Marcel Lucon. Wow. Yeah, there he is. Wow. There he is. You sounded just like him then. It's weird, isn't it? Uh, so, yeah, that was where I, I went... Because when I did that first Australian leg, I, I'd already st- I'd started doing uh, character comedy a bit as well, and I I um, was running the wonderful sweaty den that was falling down with laughter with Cy Thomas. Yes, and we started doing the experimental nights, and I yeah, so that was when I first started being Marcel, and I while I was doing the swearing show in Adelaide that year, I I tested out a forty minute show with Marcel in an even sweatier um, top floor. It was pretty much a rooftop shed in in the height of the Adelaide summer oh, with God. one shitty fan in it, just in in what was then a full-on thick French suit that I bought from Camden Market, which was just dripping by the end of every um, uh, every show. It's it was, fine, mate. That's what awful. Febreze is for. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's incredible. What starts with one shitty fan, you now have legions of fans. Marcel is massive now. 
It's kind of weird. Like I wouldn't say massive, but I've got a nice following. Oh, come on. Look, 2008, you did your Edinburgh show to 40 people. What what number have you peaked at, gigs-wise, with Marcel? Well, last year's Edinburgh show was in a... Oh, God, what was it? 275? Yes, not bad. In Edinburgh. Seater. Just to be clear, dear listener, if you're not familiar with the Edinburgh thing, that's big. That's really, really big. Most people in Edinburgh do between <laughs> 40 and 100 seats. So it's just, it's a success story that I love because you're a close friend of mine, but also it's it's amazing how um, you sort of, you go along, you're doing stand-up comedy and you, you, you pick at threads, Alexis. You pick at threads, which is what this podcast is all about. We're picking at threads when I find one random you know, mm. product on Amazon here and you pick at it and you pick at it and suddenly there's a story. And it's what you do. You have a little idea, you pick at it you keep pulling and suddenly you have this fucking rope this whole career you know it's just uh, it's inspiring for people who are who are creative if you've got ideas and stuff keep pulling at the thread and it becomes a rope and suddenly you've got a really stinky suit on and uh, you're basically french <laughs> you've got yeah. you've got some really sweaty threads on <laughs> you can't wait to take off um, yeah um you're for breezing yeah i think that's 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 probably been the biggest contribution to the hole in the ozone layer above australia is me for breezing that suit in 2009 oh. so sorry everyone um so so Marcel Lecomte begins and the comedy really kicks on for you there doing Edinburgh's doing all the shows um and you have you're buying loads of books lots of Kurt Vonnegut's yes lots big, of Vonnegut big fan of you but Sucker's pro, uh, portfolio a collection of previously unpublished writing bought that in March 2013 yeah I still haven't read all of that I work my way through that every now and again I love Kurt Vonnegut he's he's yeah, he's probably my favourite. I would say. Oh, give us the sell then, please. Did uh, did now did Kurt Vonnegut write? And so it goes. What's that book called? Um, yeah, so it goes. Yes, so that that's his most famous one. So Slaughterhouse Five is. Slaughterhouse Five. Thank you. Yes, is right. his most famous. Yeah, so it goes. And again, again, a lovely mantra to to sail through life with. <laughs> so it goes. And so it goes. Yeah. And he puts that after everything, after you know, spilling some salt to um, uh, the nuclear bomb to the destruction of Dresden. You know, so yeah. it goes. It's yeah. all. It, it's all just. It, it happens. It's an incredible um, book. It's incredible. But I've never. I've not read any of his other stuff have you not um slaughterhouse five is great um trying to think of oh probably oh what's the what's the best one after that oh yeah i would say galapagos was all right what's the one i think uh, a breakfast of champions is what i'm trying to think of okay uh actually i probably prefer that to slaughterhouse five actually breakfast of champions because he kind of um he makes one of his minor characters uh, a, a lead character in it to, to really brilliant and weird effect, Kilgore Trout, um, which is a, a he's a, who's a who's a struggling science fiction writer who's right. sort of also a bit destitute and just kind of and gets himself into the weirdest situations. And it's it's how it's all about fate and about him and another character coming together. And you know, he's I think from what I remember, he, he tells you the ending in advance, but you still really want to see it coming. And it's it's a beautiful book. And he's just got such a, a wild, vivid imagination. And someone who lived through, you know, who lived through the bombing of Dresden and who who, was, who sort of had undoubted PTSD from that mm, mm. was still able to kind of see the world in this slightly magical way. And um, It's, it's yeah. interesting how you've got this, um, I guess it's tears of a clown, but, you know, I know you as one of the most buoyant, happy, chirpy people. Like, you are a relentlessly, infuriatingly optimistic prick. And, <laughs> so it goes. Yeah, and so it goes. But, and yet, this is what I've always found interesting about you is that you have the dark side like i've got the dark side my morrissey my gene when i was a kid you know that's sort of the depths and you've got this dark side to you like you've got here we are look leonard cohen november 2016 um you oh so that would have been oh you want it darker 
Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Darker. You've got a darker, but you've got the dark side to you, like like all you comics. Flame. People often say that who've 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 seen me do Marcel, but never met me in real life, and they've said to my face, "Oh, you're you're surprisingly nice." <laughs> <laughs> they expect me to be a French asshole. Yeah, I think it's having that outlet, isn't it? Of your, it's catharsis. It's getting all your your sort of darker thoughts out. Yeah, um, it's a sponge, isn't it? You, you've got all into, these books and all these, all the, the the bleak things you've got in your music and your films and your uh, books and all that stuff. It's somewhere to put all the dark thoughts. It's like you, you look at like a lot of, of comics that go to that dark side, most of them, and and, you, and actually they're they're lovely people. Yeah, and you look at the people that are trying to be too overly chummy, and a lot of the time I just go, oh, I don't know if I trust you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Michael McIntyre's a killer. Um, so, <laughs> not true. Um, here's a good one. October 2016, raw terracotta humidifying hydra stone tobacco moisture clay stone. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely. Um, there it is in its entirety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bought that. What, why? That's not my housemate. <laughs> That's that you. Too- <laughs> Can't blow that on your housemate. What, what, what was- is it? That was oh god! That's because I bought some uh, green go, uh, uh, which is like I think it's also probably part of that purchase. Which is like um, uh, it's 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 non uh, toxic tobacco, <laughs> so right. you can use that. So you can smoke weed with it, and you don't get the tobacco. I see, <laughs> <laughs> and it keeps it it keeps it um, uh, from drying out. So it's somewhere to put your non-tobacco. Yeah. You're, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little stone which you get wet, which you wet for quite a while, and then pop it in with the um, the green go non-tobacco tobacco. So <laughs> it it's it. literally a stoner stone. It's a stoner stone. Oh. It's a stone for stoners. <laughs> Amazing. Also, you are giggling like a stoner at this as well. That's oh, I am. <laughs> I'm October 2016, you bought The Sea, The Sea by Iris Murdoch, which is officially my favourite novel. Tell me you've read it. No, it's on my... It's, I still haven't. It's so annoying. Because wh- when was that bought? Uh, November 2016. 2016. I should have I got in there before we had uh, uh, Ronnie. Because um, yes. now I have no time. I have piles of books just mounting up by my bed. It's the greatest <laughs> torture of owning a child is all the books mm, you can't read. Without no, that. I've been meaning to read that for so, so long because everything about it just sounds up my street. And i would never read it. It's just one of those books. It's like, oh, I definitely should have read that. She's one of our greatest writers and I don't think she's celebrated as much as she should be. She's just incredible yeah i mean everything about that sounded like it sounded like every day is like sunday the book form to me yes, basically trudging Sorry. slowly over wet sand <laughs> yes it's about yeah. a guy who moves to the sea and he he sees he, he he's obsessed with a woman he was in love with years ago and he thinks he sees her in the distance and no spoilers because it happens very early on turns out it is her and it's just it's just three mm. or four hundred pages of this intoxicating yeah. psychological compelling as well you're desperate to find out what's going to happen next it scratches an itch in all of us the, the sort of the distance of time disappearing and you're suddenly in touch with your past it, it's like time travel for this guy and you're with him every step oh, of the way yeah she writes See, oh it's amazing i mean 
I was sold already, but now, yeah. But I mean, I, I feel that's probably not the best one to read under a tree in summertime, is it? No, <laughs> I'll, save, I'll yeah. save that for autumn and winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely uh, it's definitely not a poolside book. Um, okay, uh, what else have we got here? The Houseplant Expert, the world's best-selling book on houseplants, maybe to grow your marijuana. Thing is, you're such a stoner, Alexis. Uh, this is April 2016. You bought you, this. You think so? Present for mum. Oh, lovely stuff. <laughs> lovely stuff. Because <laughs> mums need weed too. Um, <laughs> and then what have we got here? 2016. Uh, oh, hello. DS Laboratories Revita Hair Growth Stimulating Shampoo. You're a, <laughs> you're a, hus, you're a hussute man in a suit. What are you talking oh, about? I'm not at all. I'm receding really? like you wouldn't believe. I'm receding like the sea, the sea. Ah, uh, thanks. Uh, yeah, no. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's done anything. Probably not. It's probably one of those things where it's like, it, maybe it's... I haven't noticed the difference, but maybe if I hadn't bought it, I'd be entirely bald by now. So I keep telling myself that, and I think I've bought that again. <laughs> I, I, th- according to friends of mine who've done it religiously, it does make a difference. Oh, does it? Oh, good. There you go. This I stuff keep purchasing that overpriced shampoo. Then. Yeah, but I tried Rogaine for Regain, whatever it's called, for years and years. In fact, we talked about this at Dane Baptiste on another very nice episode oh, yeah. of my mobile toaster, uh, and he bought loads and loads of it, did it, and it just made no difference yeah. at all. And I think, do you know what? In fact, during lockdown, I've shaved my hair, and uh, it's oh, God, it's, have you? It's a, yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, God, it's such. Yeah, I bet it is. It's I bet it is such quite. a release. It's so oh, but I've. Yeah, I've never shaved it, but I've sort of I, I know what I look like with wet hair and I look weird so with no hair. <laughs> like I'm a I am a I'm a hairy I need, yeah, like it's like when I I I've had this beard ever since or stubble. It's not, let's not call it a beard. Let's not give it that uh, dignity. It's, I've had this this shitty stubble ever since 2009, since doing Marcel, and I rarely get rid of it. I occasionally get rid of it for an acting job or something, and then yeah. Pauline just looks at me in the weirdest way, like you're not my husband. Yes, it just doesn't yes. suit. It just doesn't look right. I, and, like, and, and me with no hair at all, it would, it would just oh, I look terrible. So um, I'm just trying to keep onto it as much as I can. I'm I'm a hairy man. That's the thing. I think of myself also as a hairy man. Yeah. So I don't want that to change. This is an important part of your identity. So not only have you got the, <laughs> the depths of the indie music suffering you've also got to be a man's man be rugged and covered in hair come on alexis uh, embrace it go bald it's wonderful it's so freeing so freeing um, here's a lovely moment here's a lovely moment look we've talked earlier on about how this one year you've done your swearing tour and you have the 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 beginning the, the tiny thread of marcel uh 24th of april 2017 you've bought what we french think of you british and where you are going wrong by marcel lucant you've done it well, you've done it it happens periodically on the podcast you bought your own produce i bought my own produce and i did that because actually uh this sounds like a humble brag but it's not it's clearly not i bought my own book uh it sold out the book sold out and actually the publishers went bust i think <laughs> <laughs> but it also sold out so they won't make it anymore and someone i think i'd failed to put sold out on the website and uh Someone bought it and I was like, oh shit, I've run out of copies. <laughs> my stockpile at the house had run out. So I didn't want to use my one copy that I sometimes sort of, well, that I've kept for myself that I will sometimes read from on stage. Yeah. Um, and so I had to buy my own book to sell to someone else. <laughs> For not much markup. Well, yeah, I mean, it happens. You bought it's two pounds twenty nine now, by the way, to buy it in paperback. Uh, oh, that was very it's nice. A, uh, uh, I mean, it's a toilet book at best. <laughs> um, by the way, you can buy a new, a new copy. Guess how much a new copy costs on here? Two fifty. One hundred nineteen pounds. Shut up. I shit, shut you, up. I shit you not a jot. What? Yep. That's not true. One new from Bridge Books UK. 
£119 plus, uh, plus £2.79 delivery. So that's, <laughs> of course. I can add it to your basket. Do you want me to pop it in your basket or, or not for £119? Sure, I've <laughs> <laughs> regretted this instantly. Um, yeah, go for it. I mean, now, uh, what? Uh, is, it, is it signed? No. Is no. it? I'm going to. How long is it? Can you tell how long it's been on there? <laughs> I don't know. I can't see. It's just there. I'm just writing you a review now. Wonderful book. This wonderful. And then my review says, but it's hang on, not worth 119 pounds. You're not typing that. Of course I'm not. <laughs> Such a dick. You might need to go through your reviews after this. <laughs> Thanks, um, all right. So you bought your own well, book. Go on, yeah, okay. sorry. What, what, what? Yeah, that's inflated my pride somewhat. There we go, 190. Well, no one's ever going to buy it, but it's nice to know it's on there for that. A, a first edition, and only it was only ever a first edition. That's what you're worth. That was your own bit of Proust right there, Alexis. There you're it is. Your, you know, you're leaving something on the cave wall, my friend. That's the important thing. <laughs> my own shit from my hands. <laughs> Um, July 2017, the Pro Breeze Ultrasonic Aroma Diffuser and Humidifier with seven colour-changing LED lights. That's July 2017. It's an aromatherapy mist for home, office, and spa. I mean, do you want to... Still got it in the bathroom. D- really? Do you Never use, use it. <laughs> I mean, it's plug-in as well, so that would be an awkward suicide, wouldn't it, if that fell into oh, the God. bath? What okay. to- well, yeah, but what a, what a fragrant way to go. <laughs> <laughs> the body's been here for four days really it yeah, smells, smells, it smells delightful <laughs> yeah I'd have, I'd have to have open casket obviously <laughs> how was his funeral everyone was very relaxed um, <laughs> everyone just chilled the fuck out <laughs> I'm sorry that we've talked about your funeral Alexis see the dark side of Alexis the dark side this is what we're you'd have to you'd pop the little stone in my mouth so I didn't dry out <laughs> Um, November 2018 Leaping Heads 2018 now Um, has has Ronnie arrived by this point is he here yet is he here has he been what month November 2018 yes Ronnie's Ronnie's very much in the world he's out he's escaped well let's see if you've changed as a person because of the 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 birth of your child you bought Prefab Sprouts the sound (laughs) Prefab Sprouts the sound of crying (laughs) (laughs) when you've got a baby are you mad yep no, it was obviously it was obviously on my mind. It's a great song that. It's um it was it, yeah, non-album track. There you go, that's how I justify that. I've only had it I only had it on vinyl and um I wanted it and I didn't because I love Prefab Sprout to death. I I didn't I wanted to give them the 79p that was owed to them for that. Right, right. Could have just ripped it off YouTube, but I wanted to no. you know, give back a little. Give them their money. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. The sound of crying when your baby's just arrived. It's so perfect. Um, also in November 2018, you've bought uh, one pair of white formal gloves, uh, a Santa ma- men's fancy dress tuxedo guard parade, or indeed a uh, snooker referee. That's what this looks like. Any idea why you've done this? Yeah, what year was that? Uh, 2018, November 2018. Some white, uh, some white gloves. Some white gloves. Magician-type vibe. think... What was that? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, you've also bought, hang on, very very close to that, a week earlier, in fact, on the 7th of November, mm. you bought a Napoleon costume. So I wonder if you there bought you the go. Napoleon costume, well, but it didn't have white gloves, which makes it completely inauthentic. Cool. That's what I that, That's what I was going to go with, because, but I'm, I'm surprised that I was that prepared. Oh, no, I would have been. No, that would have been the right time. Yeah, that was for my, um, yes, for my 2019 Edinburgh show, uh, Numero 10 or N n-o dot dicks um there's a little <laughs> s- s- still 
still, still punning my way through Edinburgh there. Still got, you've still got for the my swear tenth, words coming out. Yeah, Very nice. For my, my 10th Marcel show. There we go. That was, um, yeah. So we've really come full circle now. There we yeah, go. Yeah. S- swearing and, but it, um, yeah, so for the, for my publicity shots, my favourite publicity shots I've had actually, oh. a guy called Scott Chalmers, who's a brilliant photographer, right. um, in his little uh, attic in uh, Southampton, and it was uh, yeah, I had the full Napoleon garb, but as you say, did not have the gloves, and okay. that's bang out of order. You've got to have the gloves. It's all about the detail, Alexis. All about mm-hmm. the detail. So that was you preparing for Edinburgh again, but this time with a baby. Um, April 2019 now, so not too distant from where we sit here in 2020. Uh, you've bought some mm-hmm. men's high vis waistcoats. Now I've got a slight obsession with high-vis jackets right uh, you've got three black rock men's high visibility waistcoats mm. i thoroughly believe i can put a high-vis jacket on and there is something about the british sensibility that as soon as the high-vis jacket is on i could do almost anything and get away with it well especially now you've shaved your head yeah yeah exactly i mean that just is yeah. that's a security man right do you know there. what i mean as soon as you've got a high-vis jacket on people just listen to you in this country it's so weird <laughs> it's weird isn't it yes and that's why i bought them okay. i was feeling you were a G- were you <laughs> being a gilet a gilet jaune it was a gilet jaune gag it was a gilet jaune gag it was uh basically the the band i had a band uh last year in edinburgh which is just my favorite time it was the first year in edinburgh got to the midway point and just went and uh, you know you have the break you don't have to have the break but most mm. sensible people have that, that that's just one off. night off yeah the one night off that you're allowed um and uh, that was the first time in edinburgh i'd gone oh i don't want this i keep <laughs> going i was having so much fun because i had a, had a live band i had my, my french band the, the, the ruse was that marcel's band was meant to be coming over like a 20 piece parisian uh troupe the an incredible band the best musicians you've ever seen who, who died in a, a an orgy in montmartre in a, <laughs> an apartment that wasn't fit for that level of of sex and um and uh, so i had three uh guys basically and and yeah and it, the joke goes that, that in france there's a rule that you have to pay a musician even if he's dead <laughs> so i so the, with the budget left i had to get these these three guys on parole <laughs> as the band and 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 i obviously abused them throughout the show and then the gag at the end was they all take off their jackets and they're doing it at gilet jaune protest amazing. amazing so that was that what, what <laughs> yeah. is your connection with france have you because you do speak french right yeah we oui, yeah i do um my dad's side uh, right is 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 the Francais. so yeah i love it out there i've never lived out there i went and i lived out there for a month for doing a clown course doing the ecole Gaulier. oh clown. yeah <laughs> that's a very that's a huge thing the ecole Gaulier clown course, yeah. isn't it well, I, did, I did the summer course i did a month it's not huge it was seven hours a day of being insulted but um you know <laughs> i mean you could just go to a restaurant in paris for the same yeah no, I mean that is, um, but I know actually, um, the other person I know who did that was Matt Bainton, who is a oh, very yeah. successful uh, comedy actor mm. and writer. Um, t- tell me about that. When did you do that? When did you go on that course? That course was uh, two thousand and fifteen. You see, this is what I, th- I was thinking. You'd say like you know oh three oh four when you were starting, and did it um, did it make a big difference when you f- did you find your inner clown? Not really. I was terrible. <laughs> I was really. I was really bad. <laughs> I was. I was awful. But you could argue that I already had. That's the thing. I was sort of. I suppose spending so much of my time there mentally, trying not to be Marcel, and I, I always wonder if if I had done it, you know, ten years earlier, what 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 difference that would have made, and yeah. whether I'd. Yeah, I don't know. I probably wouldn't have been put off for life, actually. I probably would have been just as bad. Oh, really? So it wasn't a very good experience then? No, it was a great experience. Don't get me wrong. It was, I, I, I love the abuse. No, I, <laughs> I, I just found it fascinating. Really fascinating for, for the people watching, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, because the, 
in my mind, the funniest guy on the course was a genuine idiot. Yeah, right. An unself-aware idiot, an actual... Completely. Yeah. He came, just the stuff that he did, he didn't even, half the time, I don't think he even knew he was being funny, unless he was just super, it was was the the reverse, and he was just super smart and knew exactly what he was doing. But no, he was this Spanish guy, silver hair, just like a big grin on his face, not a care in the world, complete idiot, who just... I mean, he didn't speak English. He, he, he and he didn't. He, his mate had to translate half of the exercises for him, and yet he still fucked them up in the most joyous way. And <laughs> oh my amazing. god, he was, he was incredible. He was so good. And 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 <laughs> this, this is the clip. This is this is the topper. Found out what he did afterwards. He's a policeman. <laughs> you are joking. I'm not, I'm not joking. He was a policeman in Spain. Didn't have a clue what was going on in the world. Because that's the thing, it's got all this acclaim, like the, the Gaulier school, and all you've got to do is pay and turn up. Right. There's no selection process. Right, it's right, got, right. It's, so know. it's like an online degree, basically, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Just... but you get to go and live in a shitty French town. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a really weird town. Wow. And... Um, I really enjoyed it because I was just soaking in the Frenchness as well as myself. I, I you know, I, I, yeah, no, I, I did enjoy it. It was just Juan alone. Fuck, it's so funny. I just okay. had no idea. I can't believe it was a <laughs> copper. That's amazing. Um, all right, so Alexis Jubas, you have travelled the world. You started off uh, with the uh, the Andy Kaufman book with a crazed man doing comedy and you yourself are crazed about comedy you've done it all over the world um including a shit bit of france and now we find you stuck because of lockdown so let's see what you've been up to in the last few months and there's lots of things like um oh there's some oh there's a lovely uh, memory card there oh look at that <laughs> two 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 hundred gigabytes for 25 quid oh i'm, bi- I'm biting my fist mate biting my fist um 100 gold padded cd size bubble envelopes oh yeah still still flogging my cds on ebay there you go <laughs> are you kidding them. me is that what that's no. for <laughs> yeah it is it is still flogging them buy them on amazon sell them on ebay um and lo- also and also they're a perfect size for the marcel lucant fragrance which genuinely exists I've, i have a fragrance now you're joking I'm not joking. Insouciance de Marcel Lucon. How did you get that? When did you get that made? <laughs> I got that made uh, for the Edinburgh show, for, for the last Edinburgh show. I wanted to have the most overblown merch stall yeah. in Edinburgh. So I ha- I was selling a, an oil painting for a grand. <laughs> did anyone buy it? Of Marcel. No, it's hanging <laughs> on my wall. Um, uh, but it didn't cost me that, obviously. It wasn't an oil painting anyway. It was uh, the canvas print, but it looks great on the wall in the Napoleon garb with the white gloves. Really makes it. Oh, um, what about the white gloves? And so, and I thought also, let's get uh, a fragrance made as well. Oh. Why not? Because I've got a friend of a friend um, who I now class as a friend. Mm. Uh, it runs uh, 4160 Tuesdays Limited, which is a, a wonderful independent perfumier um, out in West London. And she, we just jokingly talked about it. She goes, oh, Marcel should have a fragrance, shouldn't he? I was like, damn right he should. And lo and behold, Insouciance was born. And I went into her, uh, her laboratory and we, made a, and we made a fragrance. And it's and the base of it, I think, is a fragrance that Brian Eno got her to make. <laughs> and, and he got he, she made a load of fragrances for brian eno and he didn't there was one that he didn't use and it was called take me to the river i think and she used that as the base surely he would and approve of the sampling that's okay isn't it he'd, he'd like that wouldn't he lovely <laughs> oh, that's a that's a genuinely great gag <laughs> and you know it thanks guys thanks everyone um <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, yeah, we mixed in like opium and, and smoky back rooms and kind of and and cognac, and we just put all these things at Marcel. And it's actually a really nice fragrance. Carl Donnelly like bought some after my show in Edinburgh. Went, Mate, this is really nice. <laughs> actually bought some, and I've been I've been shipping it out to. Uh, there was one to Slovenia last week. Shipping it out to Australia, to all around America, okay. Miami the week before. People are buying this because people online have been reviewing it and loving it. Oh, people my God. Who've you know, you never know, seen my comedy in their life. Don't even know what Marcel Lucant is. This is like Richard E. Grant. You know, he's got a line of um, of smells as well. I did not know that. That's yeah. great. I, li- I like that him and Marcel are in that. Um <laughs> Here's, here's what we're going to do uh, here's what we're going to do the first person who can uh, who can help me get 10 new followers right on Twitter at ToasterPod I will pay for them to have uh, a Marcel Lucant fragrance sent to their house so if you're listening to this now and you'd like that fragrance you can win it it's a prize right I'm not sure how this works as a format I haven't really thought this through um, at ToasterPod is our Twitter account if you get me 10 new followers right and then you tweet me and tell me you got those 10 friends of yours to follow at ToasterPod I will pay for Marcel to send you a fragrance how does that sound that that works doesn't it as a format we can do that that works i think i think that works we've never had a prize before on the show that's absolutely huge if true um listen we've had fragrances and by the way does the fragrance smell anything like you sweating in a loft in adelaide that's my (laughs) yeah i i i I, i've still got that suit and i i I squeezed out some uh (laughs) vintage vintage sweat that is as well that's that's real that's a really good year for sweat that was that was the sweatiest venue it was a bountiful (laughs) vintage just with a bit of Febreze mixed in and again the last few things we see you buying once more the yin and yang of Alexis you've bought Contagion uh, on the 3rd of April because fuck it who wants to watch the news all the well, time well done there yeah, yeah um, that. it's alright isn't it it's you, right. have you seen it it's, it's fine right. it's fine it's, right. it's not as realistic as News 24 um, it's not is it you've got that and then that's the yin and then the yang is you are still performing a giant green screen with photography clamps because of course so many comedians are performing from home they've got the green screen set up um, so you can you can project anything onto your background probably your own face on an oil painting knowing Marcel Lucon and uh, you're still doing gigs now in fact this is a good chance as we get to the end of the show tell us how we can see you doing your gigs and where we can follow you on your Facebooks and all that business well I use that green screen to record some I've been I've been recording some poems of mine at home and around uh, and you can see that on my YouTube channel I am doing I'm also using that green screen as a backdrop for Marcel as my house is not what Marcel would consider suitable uh, (laughs) or good enough so uh, I'm using that I'm doing Cabaret Domestique every Friday night on, at nine o'clock, which is me uh, hosting four different international cabaret acts, trying to do what they do, in, as, as I say, from the, from the discomfort of their own homes. <laughs> for, for, trying uh, to do hula hooping and not smash the shit out of vases, trying to do fire and not get the neighbours called in. It's great fun. It's got some really fun home. acts. Cabaret, yeah, cabareting acts from home, CFH. Um, that's a and brilliant also, thing. If we're going to go full circle, which I think we should with Andy Kaufman, I'm also recording and filming a thing. It's a character that has their own channel online, which has no links to me whatsoever. And I'm not even going to say the name. It's it's out there and I've been filming it. It's a whole new thing that, he's, that is not linked to me in any way at all. It's my what? Tony Clifton. <laughs> okay, there you go. Right, right, right. Your version of Tony Clifton. Um, okay, I think I know what you're in talking way, about. It's nothing like Tony, but it's like, but it's it's out there as yeah. it's in just throwing it out into the. Does it involve some? Who watch it. Does it involve someone sitting in a chair by any chance? Nope. 
Oh, right. Well, it does, but not what you think. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Well, it's a very weird ending there, Alexis. Um, listen, Alexis Jubas, thank you so much for bringing all of your Amazon purchase history uh, to my mate, Bought a Toast, to the dark side of Alexis. Embodied now in Marcel Lucant. I mean, there you go. You know, what is originally using your indie music and your, uh, your philosophy books as your sponge to absorb your dark side, and you put them all in Marcel Lucant. And that's worked out pretty well, hasn't it? Yeah, that suit is very much like a sponge uh, <laughs> after every performance. So, yeah. If you want to smell that sponge, sniff the sponge, enter the competition at ToastPod on Twitter. Uh, and I will send some one lucky tweeter in her um, who gets me 10 new followers not even that as many I should really go for 100 there I should have aimed a bit higher um, and we'll send you some of um, some of Marcel Lucant's juice um, Alexis I love you thank you oh I love you that was fun uh, thanks for coming bye Alexis bye bye that was Alexis Jubas there you go that's another episode thank you thank you thank you thank you for listening what a lovely bunch you are can you hear that it's bath time in my house as I record this but that is my youngest son crying live on my mate bought a toaster. So I'm going to have to be quick because I've got to go and do some hashtag, oh God, parenting. Um, I would love it uh, if you could get me a soundproof studio. That would be ideal. No, um, if you could give us a follow on, I always got about Twitter, but um, I've got Instagram now as well for ToasterPod, at ToasterPod, I think, on Instagram. And we've got a Facebook page as well, my mate bought a toaster on Facebook. Give us a follow on there. And uh, I share all sorts of stuff. On Instagram, there's quite a neat thing you can do. Not Instagram. Oh no, here's the other one. God, I keep forgetting about all the things. There's a thing on Amazon as well. Right, here's what you need to do. Go to my Instagram. I hope you're following this. Also, my wife just kicked off with the kids. Can you? She just started telling them off. It was very funny. Um, so uh, here's what you need to do. Go to Instagram. Give us a follow at ToasterPod on Instagram. And there's a link there. You'll see a link to my Amazon influencer page, right? I'm an influencer, gang. Um, and if you go onto the Amazon influencer page, you can then see... Um, loads and loads of uh, my guests items you can actually see them in the flesh you click on the pictures of my guests and then you'll see some of the things uh, that they have bought so I'll do one for Alexis uh, and there's a few other people up there as well sorry that's a lot of homework for you to go and do you don't have to do any of those things to be honest just continue listening that would be ideal um, and I'll be back next week uh, with can I announce who's on I think I will Shappy Sandy is going to be on next week and she's wonderful so I'll see you then lots of love greatbigowl.com face those Twitter notifications? Forgot to watch anything but Netflix? Dreading the video conference small talk at nine? You need a new vitamin, you know. You need the Smart 7. It's a brand new daily podcast that puts your brain into gear. Everything you need to know in less than seven minutes. You need the Smarts? Hey, we got the Smarts. The Smart 7, every weekday at 7am, available right now on Spotify and all the usual places. 